As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or in social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in sports drink. Spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels. So S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let out the funk. What's up, guys? One day closer to round two of the NFL season. As a matter of fact, it just got done. I couldn't pull myself away from the Chiefs and Chargers. I'm already 0 for 1 uh, on the week, and uh, I'm kind of pissed about it. Uh, We'll talk about it here uh, in just a second, but we got all 16 matchups for week number two, including a Monday night doubleheader. I thought that was a week one thing, but I guess they just wanted the the stage all to Buck and Aikman for their very first Monday night football game last week. Uh, They're going to be splitting duty um, this Monday. Uh, Some interesting games uh, as well. Some really good matchups, actually, so... But uh, we got that. We'll do a quick uh, Thursday night uh, recap and talk about why I got my pick wrong and get to the other 15 matchups with, what, 13 on uh, Sunday and two on Monday night. So this is the week two NFL preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial Very interesting football game we just got done with on Thursday night. And unfortunately, I let my emotions get the better of me. Um, I, I chose, I, I literally tweeted it out this afternoon because I wanted to have it posted before, A, before the game started and B, before I recorded the episode, just in case anyone didn't believe me last week when I said that I took the bills after they just got done annihilating the Rams. But um, I wanted I wanted to post it out there, and the original tweet, and I'm not going to take credit. I'm going to take my I'm going to take my loss. But the original tweet before I hit send was just want to let everybody know, you know, or at least the context was just want to let everybody know I'm taking the Chiefs, and then I put in parentheses reluctantly in the Thursday night game, and I I posted reluctantly because I kind of view at this point. The Chiefs and Chargers are the Packers and the Bears. And, you know, lately the Chiefs are, yeah, the Chiefs have dominated this uh, series, especially, you know, with Mahomes. And, uh, you know, it's like, but I, but I feel like the, the tide is turning with the Chargers. I feel like they're really close. They played a solid game on Sunday uh, against the uh, Raiders. They sacked their car six times with our good friend Khalil Mack getting three of those. Uh, and everything Herbert looking sharp as ever uh, and everything I just I really kind of thought that uh, this could be the that it could be the Chargers night but my my original thought was 
in the Chiefs-Chargers game. I can't pick the Chargers until they start beating the Chiefs. And that's kind of how I feel about the Bears and the Packers. Like, I feel fantastic about the Bears' chances, their odds uh, of winning this game on Sunday. But it's the Packers. And we'll talk more about at the end why I ended up, as even though my heart says take the Bears, my head says I got to go with Green Bay. We'll talk more about that when we get to the to the bottom of the list because they're, they're almost at the bottom being the Sunday night game. But, you know, but at the last minute, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at Chiefs, parentheses, reluctantly, just because it's the Chiefs, they're at home, and with Mahomes and company uh, and everything, I, I really didn't even factor in week one, to be honest with you, as far as the Chiefs go, because Arizona was shorthanded. They were missing guys on defense. They had important pieces missing on offense as well. Arizona wasn't able to give their best to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs made them pay for it dearly in that game. But I just uh, I really wanted to take the Chargers. I just really had a feeling. Um, I do feel good about taking the Chargers, you know, whenever they play again in the rematch when they're in SoFi again uh, and everything. But, uh, you know, I just, uh, I, like I said, I let my heart over overtake my head and I was like you know what to hell with it I'm taking the Chargers to hell with it I'm going with the Chargers and I was right about it (laughs) until about eight minutes to go in the third quarter or fourth quarter or whatever it was it's tied 17-17 the Chiefs are driving or excuse me the Chargers I because the the always trips me up but Chargers are driving down the field they get down in a goal to go situation and all of a sudden, Herbert throws this interception, and the kid takes it all the way back, 90-something yards for a touchdown. And there was your ball game right there. You know, the, the Chiefs added another field goal to go up 27-17. Herbert, even though he was clearly hurt, uh, led the team back down the field and put a touchdown on the board. They almost got the onside kick uh, back there at the end because the first guy to to get his hands on the ball. It squirted right out of his hands, and there it was on the ground. But the Chiefs land on it, and they go ahead and, and uh, secure the uh, win. So I had a chance to be right all up until the end, but that pick six, ooh, just a little too much for the uh, Chargers to uh, for the Chargers to overcome. And uh, so I take uh, I take the L. I'm 0-1 because I... I uh, just my heart overtook my head, and I ended up taking the Chargers instead of because I literally had it written down. I'm taking the Chiefs (parentheses) reluctantly in the Thursday night game. Yeah, I didn't stick with it, and now I paid for it. That's what you, that's what happens when you go against your gut. But uh, yeah, so but interesting football game. I mean, at one point, it's like I, it, it, you, it, Justin Herbert is is unbelievable, man, because. There he is. There's a third and one situation when they're when they were on that drive to make it 27-24 to score that last touchdown of theirs. There they are on third and one. He's you know he's clearly hurt. I think I think it's like a, a rib injury or maybe it's a um, you know a a torso muscle uh, injury uh, of some kind because he can't really even lift up his shoulder. The pain is too great, or it was anyway. But there he is. It's third and one. Uh, he's a pretty athletic quarterback. He can move uh, pretty well. And he moves out of the pocket to avoid the rush, and there's nothing but green grass in front of him. He could have easily run for the first down, but instead he kind of just weakly throws the ball away on third and one. And you're like, dude, 
if that's what you're if that's how you're feeling, get off the field. And then one play later, he on fourth and one, he throws an absolute dime into double coverage to his receiver where only his receiver could have caught it. And it was just like, well, all right, I'm going to shut the hell up now because, you know, a couple of plays later, he throws a touchdown pass, you know, uh, put it in the best spot for his receiver to come down with it. It's like, man, you know, here I was a few plays later. I'm like, dude, just wheel this guy out of here. He's done. And then, oh, yeah, he throws a rope to get him in a goal-to-go situation and makes the throw and puts it where only his receiver can get it to score a touchdown to put it within reach. So, but um, valiant effort, 334 and three touchdowns and that one interception, that was the killer uh, for Herbert. But the, uh, the, the Chargers come up short to the Chiefs this time, 27-24. Now, let's move on to our Sunday matchups. We will start in Cleveland where the 1-0 Browns will be hosting the 0-1 Jets. And uh, if anybody out there is, uh, if my show has, has reached Jet fans at this point, I apologize. I completely overlooked the Baltimore Jets game last week. I mean, I'm sure you didn't want me to talk about it because the Jets were pretty awful, uh, thanks to Joe Flacco uh, in that one. But um, nonetheless, the 0-1 Jets travel to the 1-0 uh, Browns. Uh, there have been reports this week uh, of Zach Wilson practicing. Uh, I don't think there's been any like word or optimism that he might actually play uh, on Sunday, but the fact that he's already on the practice field uh, working uh, is a good sign. But, um, you know, Cleveland is uh, Cleveland's at home. This is their home opener. They're playing against the Jets, who I like a lot. You know, I think the Jets are definitely on their way. I just hope they can you know, stick the landing and, 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 and pull through uh, on this one. Because I'm, I'm an underdog guy, obviously, because I'm a goddamn Bears fan. But, you know, it's just it's, it's, it's nice to, to see some of these bottom-dwelling teams turn it around, even if only for uh, a little while. So I'm, I'm rooting for uh, the Jets to, to get it together, but I'm taking the Browns uh, this week. Uh, Nick Chubb and, and um, I always forget Kareem Hunt's name. Uh, you know, Chubb and Hunt uh, together, along with 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 Garrett and and Jadavian Clowney on the other side, they got a solid uh, secondary. And as long as Joe Flacco is the starting quarterback for the Jets, I will not be picking them to beat anybody, let alone a team that's got a solid uh, roster like the Browns uh, do. So, despite Jacoby Brissett being the being their quarterback, I still like the Browns better uh, than the Jets. So, I will go with uh, the Browns. Uh, up next, we are in Detroit with the Lions hosting the Commanders. And this was one, like when I went through these games and was kind of just like knee-jerk reacting, like just looking at the game list, okay, take this one, this one, this one, this one, as I was going down. I had to pass this one and come back to it. This is this one I'm truly kind of torn over. The, 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 the effort that the Lions gave last week uh, against the Eagles, especially when they were pulling away. I mean, it happened twice. They were up seven nothing early in the ball game, and a few hiccups later, boom, the Eagles are up twenty one to seven. Then the Eagles are up, you know, thirty thirty eight twenty four and or thirty eight twenty one, and boom, it's thirty five to thirty eight to thirty five, and the Lions are still in this thing. The fact that they they don't seem to want to go away, and they're going to keep fighting, um, and they're at home again against the Commanders. And despite Carson Wentz and his four touchdown passes, he also threw two picks. Uh, last week, uh, you know, it's just um, it's one I had to go back and forth 
on. It's it's the 2016 quarterback class all over again. It's it's Goff and Wentz uh, going at it once again. Um, you know, the number one pick in Goff and number two in 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 Wentz uh, there going back and forth, but with their second team. Well, Wentz is on his third team now, but uh, you know, with with team with not with the teams that drafted them, uh, and you know, I. I really like what both teams are bringing to the table uh, at this point. Uh, you know, Washington ruined my upset special last week by coming back at the end to uh, to overtake the Jaguars. I was looking like a genius, but I was like, man, I'm taking the Jags on the road. And they had that right up until the, the last minute uh, before uh, the rookie Jahan Dotson caught the touchdown pass to take the lead for good uh, over Jacksonville. So, you know, even though they're on the road, I... You know, like I said, this this was one. This was literally like a, a coin flip game because I like both teams is in this matchup. You know, I think both teams can definitely uh, win this game. Uh, my hard knock sentimentality wants to me to pick the Lions, but for some reason, I'm going to take the Commanders. Just just it's going my gut on this one, and I uh, hope you know. Uh, you know, like I said, my heart steered me wrong on the on the Chargers and the Chiefs. Uh, so I'm going to listen to my gut on this one, and for some reason my gut says Washington's going to win this one. So I'm probably going to be wrong, but I'm taking the commanders uh, here uh, with it. I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I, 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 I was going down the list and picking these games, and I'd get a few games down, and I'd go back to it, and I'd look at it some more, and I'm just sitting here staring at it you know, on the list, and nah, I just keep going. Miami, Baltimore. Atlanta, Los Angeles, Detroit, Washington. That's just every you know, it just like I did that throughout the entire because it's right there at the top, right under you know New York and Cleveland. I just like you know get a few games and go back and like no, I want to make a, I don't want to leave this undone. Like, and it's just go back, not go back, and it just I just I just couldn't. Literally had every other game picked before I went back in this one, and it just in the end, like, eh, it's just Washington, I guess. I don't know. So it would serve me right if this one also ended up in the tie like Houston and uh, Indy did last week. But um, I'm going to go with the Commanders. Like I said, I'm probably wrong uh, about this one, but something says uh, Washington's going to come out ahead and go 2-0 and on this young season. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Tampa Bay with a impressive-slash-unimpressive win over the Cowboys last Sunday night. Uh, against the you know on, on Sunday Night Football, uh, the the New Orleans Saints with a Im, unimpressive slash impressive come from behind uh, win uh, over the Falcons. It was a very mixed bag for both teams uh, last week. Lots of things that they that they did and lots of things they'd want to do again versus a lot of things they were very unhappy with. Things that they would not want to repeat like uh you know Brady and company waiting until late in the third quarter to score their first and only touchdown uh against the uh Cowboys having to settle for field goals over and over uh again uh in that ball game but playing outstanding defense shutting down the Cowboys only allowing uh three points eventually knocking Dak uh Prescott out of the game so it was impressive in the fact that they absolutely just suffocated the Cowboys on defense, but on offense, very unimpressive when they had pretty much everybody healthy. I mean, their offensive line is banged up, but they have Brady, they have Mike Evans, they have uh, Godwin and, um, you know, and all that kind of, all those guys. Leonard Fournette had a monster game, 127 yards rushing 
uh, and everything. But they only came away with 19 points. I mean, it was way more than they needed with the way their defense played, but it was not a very good showing uh, on offense. And then New Orleans, on the flip side, looked like they were going to get laughed out of uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, on Sunday. The Falcons, you know, pulling away in the fourth quarter to go up 26 to to 10 and, and uh, you know, really looking. And like I said, New Orleans, Atlanta, that's Bears-Packers. That's their, that's their arch rival. Those two teams came in the league together, and they've hated each other every day since. And uh, so they were kind of reveling in the fact that they were really putting it to the Saints there in the fourth quarter. The Saints were able to, you know, rattle off 17 unanswered points, including Will Lutz's 51-yarder to, to, to win the game uh, and everything for an impressive come-from-behind victory. But the fact that you were in a three-score hole against the Atlanta Falcons, which not many people have a high opinion of, bad, bad showing. Bad, bad showing. So we go into this matchup in the Superdome, and Tampa Bay does not play well uh, in the Superdome, especially under under Tom Brady. Like I still think their only victory in the Superdome was when they won the divisional round in 2020 to go to the uh, on their Super Bowl run because they got swept that year um, quite decisively, actually, in both games uh, in 2020, and I believe they did lose the uh, Superdome matchup last year. So, you know, it's it's somewhat of a cursed place uh, uh, for Tom Brady, especially in a in a Tampa Bay uh, uniform. But you know, I got to lean on that defense uh, of Tampa Bay's, and you know, Jameis Winston might be the quarterback. He might be the guy uh, in New Orleans. But uh, this is a team that was getting rolled by the Atlanta Falcons for three and a half quarters uh, on Sunday. I know the end result is what truly matters, but. Uh, there's no way you get rolled by Brady and, and the Buccaneers for three and a half quarters and then still come back uh, in the end. So unless the Saints come out blazing and put some points on the board big time and Brady and company, maybe they still struggle to put points on the board uh, on offense, then then maybe the, the Saints have a really excellent chance of, uh, you know, putting another one over on Brady and the uh, and the Bucks. But right now I like the Bucks and their defense. Uh, a lot better than what I saw from from New Orleans in the uh, in the recaps and the highlight packages that I saw of that game uh, on Sunday. So give me Tampa Bay uh, to take the win uh, for this one. Now here's another interesting matchup. Now it, this was one that I lingered on when it came time to make the pick, but ultimately I was able to make the pick and, and move on. It's not like the Detroit Washington game where I kept just kept coming back to it and still not able to make a decision. But it's definitely one I lingered on. And it's Carolina at the Giants. The Panthers at the Giants. The Panthers, you know, making the comeback and coming up just short. It took a 58-yard field goal from the Browns to win the game over the Panthers uh, on Sunday. Baker Baker was not able to get his quote-unquote revenge uh, on his old squad, uh, you know, they. I think that it was 17 points they managed to rattle off in the fourth quarter to take the to take the lead with about a minute and change to go in the ball game. But uh, Jacoby Brissett able to get the uh, Browns in field goal range to uh, you know to make the 58 yarder and and uh, take the game out there. And then you have the Giants. <sighs> Man, they kept coming back on Tennessee for sure. They were down 13 nothing early in the ball game. They came back and tied it up. Tennessee scores late to go up 20 to 13 and the the Giants drive the football down the field, score a touchdown and were either either, you know, able to tie it to go to overtime or 
go for two and, and go for the win. They decide to go for the win, and then Saquon Barkley, incredible, hulks his way into the end zone to take a 21-20 lead. Tannehill gets his guys in field goal range, but the kicker uh, pick, kicker hooked it wide left. And, uh, you know, so the Giants were able to secure the win on the road week one against the uh, former number one seed, uh, Tennessee Titans. So this became, I mean, both teams were in the same situation. You know, they, they took the lead late and their opponent drove the ball back into field goal range. Only the Giants were the lucky ones. Their guy missed. Uh, Carolina's guy made his kick. So that's why they're not both 1-0 and going into this one. And the Giants are at home. Saquon looked amazing uh, against the Tennessee Titans. Like Not only did he have his moment on that two-point play, but he was a beast, 160-something yards, I believe, rushing. I think that I think I, when, I, when I did the math, it was like 166 yards on 18 carries, which is a nine-plus yard uh, per carry average uh, against the Titans. If he can do that again and, and consistently be the beast that he was at Penn State that made him the number two overall pick, uh, which will probably be another century before you see a running back taken that high in the draft again, then, then Carolina might be in trouble. Uh, but as far as like who has the better team here, I like the Panthers. I certainly like Baker Mayfield better than I like Daniel Jones. Some people might think I'm crazy uh, to say that. I've always liked Baker Mayfield from his days at, uh, at Oklahoma. He was at Oklahoma, right? Yeah, from Oklahoma. I just, uh, I've always been a fan uh, of him. There was something that... Uh, was very Brett Farbish as as you know like hey man he's he's a gunslinger he might make mistakes but uh, I mean it ended up being wrong as far as Cleveland but his teammates loved him like he was they would have run through a brick wall for him in in Oklahoma and that's what I really liked about the guy was that I felt like he was a true uh, leader and uh, you know you saw shades of that in uh, in Cleveland but they just uh, I mean it's the Browns did he really have a shot in Cleveland so we'll see how this goes in Carolina if I get a pick that wouldn't have been where I'd have sent him but uh you know that's where he ended up and I'm I'm gonna take the Panthers uh to win this one uh on Sunday it just um you know I will not be surprised if the Giants win this thing and and uh go to 2-0 and but that's basically where it ultimately came down to was I'm gonna need the Giants to win another game before I can start picking them legitimately to win because I feel, I mean, even though I'm, I'm down on Tennessee uh, this year, and while they might contend for the AFC South, I don't expect them to contend for the AFC when it, when it comes down to it. Uh, I think that was one of those uh, week one wins uh, that the Giants pulled off uh, on Sunday. So I'm going to need to see a little bit more from the Giants before I can start be like, you know what? I like the Giants here. Let's go ahead and pick them. Even though it's the Panthers, and I'm not 100% sold on the Panthers, they're just those little pieces about Carolina I like a little bit better uh, than the uh, Giants, so I'm going to go with Carolina. I'm probably going to be awful this week. Remember when I said, when it came down to me doing those pick em leagues with my friends uh, and everything, the two hardest weeks to pick were week one and week two because you've got a lot of last season wrapped up in your week one picks and then you have some of those fluke victories, those surprise wins and, uh, you know, freak losses and things like that, that uh, you that you use to make your week two picks. And sometimes week two is a bigger disaster than week one 
was, you know, or you'll see this overcorrection uh, where you went six and 10 week one, but you went 11 and five week two and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So week one and week two were always the toughest ones to pick because you're picking week one based on last season. And then week two, you're picking on what you saw week one, which is never really a great barometer for how the season is going to go. So I'm I'm anxious to see how these picks uh, turn out. And there's not a lot of confidence behind most of the ones that I'm making uh, this week. It really is kind of a a very mixed bag. As far like if I was doing confidence points, this would be low on the scale. You know, out of 16, I think maybe this this game gets my two or three. Uh, value as far as like how confident I am that Carolina can beat the Giants uh, on Sunday. So take that for what you will. Moving on, we have uh, the New England Patriots 0-1 after getting shellacked by the uh, Dolphins uh, in Miami to start the season. For the second week in a row, they lose down to Miami to start off the year. They are at Pittsburgh uh, with, uh, with our good friend Mitchie Boy Trubisky and the Steelers uh, coming off a uh, coming off a, a a interesting victory over the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati last week. So this is their their home opener. Uh, they're welcoming Belichick and, and company into uh, town. Um, I haven't looked at the injury reports. Uh, I'm wondering where Mac Jones is with those back spasms because it it turned out it was a back. They were back spasms, not an actual back injury. So it's something that's easily treatable and something that should not keep him out of Sunday's game uh, against the Steelers. Uh, but the Steelers lost T.J. Watt. He, they they lucked out in that they're not going to lose him for the season. He is going to be out, I think they said a minimum uh, of six weeks, rehabbing the uh, pectoral injury that he suffered against the uh, Bengals. That's a big piece uh, of their defense that they're not going to have on tap. However, they still have Minka Fitzpatrick. And uh, he was everywhere, all over the field, literally. I mean, he had pick six to start off the ball game. He was the he was the guy that got his hand on the ball to block the extra point that sent the game to overtime against the Bengals uh, on Sunday. If he can uh, be a menace against the uh, Patriots on Sunday, that could be uh, that could spell good things for the Steelers going two and zero. And that's actually where I'm leaning. Uh, I'm not high on the Patriots at all uh, right now. I think that they're kind of in a downturn. Uh, at the moment, they don't quite have it just yet. And on the road at Miami, on the road to Pittsburgh to start off the year, it's a rough call for the uh, for the Patriots. They'll give me the Steelers uh, to take this one. And, uh, yeah, pretty much all I got. I mean, you got Najee Harris. Uh, Mitch threw the ball well uh, at times. Statistically, he had a very Mitch Trubisky game, uh, but nonetheless was good enough to help his team uh, get the win uh, against Cincy, so I'll take the uh, Steelers, despite the uh, the loss of uh, T.J. Watt going into this one. Moving on, we have Indianapolis at Jacksonville, two teams that let me down uh, last week. Um, the, the funny thing with the AFC South, n- all four teams were winless coming out of the weekend, and of course the funny part of that is that two of them played each other with the Texans and the Colts playing to a tie and uh, now you got Jacksonville, who let me down on my upset special uh, last week. And they had me looking like a genius right up until the last minute. And then they gave up that touchdown to Dotson, let the commanders uh, take the lead. They're in Jacksonville. 
And for the last few years, the last two at least, uh, if not more, Indianapolis cannot figure it out in Jacksonville. I don't know what the hell it is. I mean, week 18 last year, all they have to do is win, and they're in the playoffs. They're going to Jacksonville, who has already secured the number one pick for the 2021 draft. They literally have nothing to play for other than the fact that the NFL says they have to play the last game uh, kind of thing. you got to finish the schedule. They go out there, and they beat the Colts to stop them from going to the playoff. I mean, it's a huge reason. I mean, the the the, the season as a whole was not going well for Wentz, but the fact that he choked his ass leading the team in that final game uh, against the Jaguars is a huge reason why Carson Wentz is in Washington now. So, I mean, even with, with Matt Ryan uh, on the team, I like the uh, Colts uh, a lot better this time. They have Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they have one of the better offensive lines in football, if, if not the single best offensive lineman in the game in Quentin Nelson. That guy's an absolute animal. And, um, you know, I, I just love what they do uh, on that offensive side. The way that they run the ball is very old school. And with uh, with Matt Ryan, you have a much more efficient quarterback and uh, – uh, you know, than you had in, in Carson Wentz, something far more reliable than uh, Wentz was, um, you know, in the last few years. But um, it's just something about the Colts in Jacksonville, you know? Like, I'm I'm taking the Colts, but, oh, man. I This is like, I, I, I won't be surprised at all if the Jaguars win this one. I will not be surprised, none whatsoever. So as a matter of fact, I'm going to call this one my upset special uh, of the week. Like, this is, this is my upset. Indy beating Jacksonville in Jacksonville because the, the, in, I think it was 2020. Yeah, 2020, week one, Indy at Jacksonville. Indianapolis loses. Jacksonville, you know, takes the win, week one. And that was when uh, Mustache Man, um, oh, I forget his name. You know, he's got the the whole porn stash, the mullet thing. He's in Philadelphia now backing up Jalen Hurts. Can't think of his name. I think you all know who I'm talking about. But he leads Jacksonville to the win uh, over the Colts. Then they go 0-15 the rest of the year. They don't win another game uh, for the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, but they had that one win when Indianapolis came to town. And then last year, they got nothing to pay for, play for. They've already got the number one pick. Locked up. They're already on their second coach in the season. Their third coach in two years. Uh, and, uh, you know, they got nothing to play for. Nothing. And then they go ahead and ragdoll the Colts and keep them out of the playoffs. So, yeah, for me, it's like to me, Jacksonville's the favorite here. So the upset is Indianapolis winning out there. I'm taking the Colts, and that's my upset of the week. I'm taking the Colts over Jacksonville. Even though anywhere else on the planet, this is not an upset. If they play this game in London, if they play it, you know, on the moon, the Colts are the favorite. They easily should win this game. But I just weird shit goes down in Jacksonville when the Colts come to town. I just uh, that's why I'm I'm taking the Colts because I think they're the better team. I don't think Matty Ice is going to allow them to lose out there. But with their recent history down there in Jacksonville, taking the Colts is uh, is a risky bet. But I'm willing to take it, and I'm calling it my upset of the week for Indy to beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville because they haven't done it in a few years. So, moving on. 
very interesting matchup here, and and uh, I this is probably one I'll pay more attention to with the Bears playing on Sunday. I've pretty much got my pick of any uh, game in the in the two afternoon, you know, early afternoon, late afternoon windows to watch. The one that I'm going to tune into and watch on Sunday is definitely Miami at Baltimore, um, because this is a this is an interesting matchup. I, I really like what Miami did uh, last week against the. Uh, Patriots defensively they just swallowed up the Patriots whole uh, and on offense you know Tyreek Hill 90 yards uh, in receptions uh, in his uh, Dolphin uh, debut they go for it on on fourth and long uh, get the uh, get the slant route to Jalen Waddle who runs it in uh, for a touchdown Tua was efficient he wasn't making uh, embarrassing throws like we've seen on film in the in the offseason uh, and such, they run. You know, with Mike McDaniel at the helm, running the football is very important. And um, they've made a lot of good moves in this offseason to put this team in a pretty good position to succeed. And for me, the difference in this game is going to be Miami's defense. They're going to get after uh, Lamar Jackson. They're going to uh, not be the New York Jets. Uh, you know, as as long as Tua can keep from turning the football over, which is what fueled the Baltimore Ravens in winning that game against the Jets uh, last week, I feel like they've got a shot. Even though this game, even though this game is on the road at Baltimore, uh, I still like the Dolphins better uh, than the Ravens uh, on this one. But um, this is the one that I'll probably be. This will be the primary game that I'm watching uh, on Sunday. We'll see how it all uh, shakes out. So, but again, if I'm doing confidence points to uh, you know along with my with my picks, this one's in, you know, maybe a five or a six. So it's not high, but I, I like Miami better. Moving on, in a in a matchup that seems so easy, you you can't help but get it right. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, fresh off there, come from behind loss to the New Orleans Saints, going on the road to the LA Rams, who were ten days removed from an embarrassing ass kicking by the Bills to start the season. You know they hoist their their banner. They uh, you know they raise the trophy uh, and everything, and then get annihilated thirty one to ten for the with the whole world watching. Um, that is not the team that uh, the Rams want to present to the world uh, on Thursday, and the Falcons are going to be the unfortunate benefactor uh, of what the Rams are going to do to redeem themselves. So, um, I mean, even if this spread was thirty, I'd still take the Rams uh, to win. Uh, this one. This is about as easy as it's going to get this week, which is probably why the Falcons will win by 20. But <laughs> it's just, <laughs> but, you know, if, like like I said, if we're doing confidence points. This one is like 15, 16. Like I, I feel pretty good about the Rams coming away with the win over the Falcons and riding the ship and getting back to uh, 500. Because I think I saw a stat during that uh, opening game on Thursday night last week with the Bills and the Rams that said that um, you know the the Rams have never been below 500 the entire time that McVay has been the uh, head coach uh, of the team. So uh, being 0-1 is the first time that they're under 500 uh, under McVay. Well, they won't be after Sunday. They'll get the win over the Falcons, and they'll be 1-1 and moving on uh, from there. Uh, in the other game, that would be very high on the confidence uh, list in Seattle versus San Francisco. 
I think Seattle beating Denver on Monday was definitely a week one victory. It, it's one they'll probably hang their hat on as they go along beating Russell Wilson in his return, beating a football team that on paper they shouldn't have beat. I mean, no one thought Seattle had a snowball's chance in hell uh, of winning the game. Never mind who the quarterback was. It's like all due respect to uh, Geno Smith, um, who had some really interesting things to say after their win uh, on Monday night. Uh, it was about the roster. It really wasn't about like, well, Geno Smith's the quarterback. They're screwed. It was whether it was Geno Smith, Drew Locke, or Santa Claus. I don't give a damn who the quarterback was. That roster in Seattle is a mess, and they lost their best player for the season when Jamal Jamal Adams uh, tore his quad, or I think it was a quad tendon, one of the two. He had to have uh, a season-ending surgery today. He's done for the year. Their very best player lost in the first game uh, of the. Uh, of the season. So the one thing they had going for them on defense is going to be watching from the sidelines for the rest of the season. They're going on the road to San Francisco. Who's got to be pissed about their, especially the effort they gave in the second half, how they kind of just seem to, you know, give in and, and let it happen uh, with the bears uh, beating them uh, on Sunday. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not liking the, the Seahawks at all going into this one. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe this game will end up the way that the a Monday night game between Seattle and Denver should have gone, where San Francisco is going to get on them early, stay on them, and it's not going to be a contest by the time uh, it's over. So if, like, if we're talking confidence points for that, you know, Lo- Los Angeles might be 16, San Francisco would be 15. I feel very good about the 49ers beating the Seahawks uh, on Sunday. Now, moving on to couple of 0-1 teams that had very disappointing starts for various reasons uh, on Sunday. You have the Cowboys hosting the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals should be 1-0. You know, the, the extra point should have gone through, but they let Mike Mika Fitzpatrick uh, block it, and McPherson had a chance to win the game in overtime and hooked it. Now, it wasn't completely his fault, their, their long snapper had gotten hurt, so they had a reserve doing it uh, who apparently buckled under the pressure because he tried to snap it to the moon like he was doing a punt snap to get it back to the <clears throat> excuse me, get it back to the holder who got the ball down but had laces in and that's I don't know why that is, but uh, when laces when the laces are in, not going to end up well nine times out of ten and McPherson hooked it so. The Bengals had their chance to win that game. They should be 1-0, but they're 0-1, and I think that's why they're going, even though it's on the road and it's at Dallas, the Cowboys are still shorthanded. They do not have Dak Prescott. They put that garbage offensive you know, effort on film uh, after the, the Buccaneers game uh, and everything. Prescott's going to be out. You know, Now I read an alert today said you know he, he anticipates week six he'll be back. Okay, well, that's still four weeks from now. So he can't help them this weekend, not that he was much help to them against the Buccaneers uh, last Sunday. And uh, I like the Bengals to win this one uh, even in Arlington to uh, take the win over the Cowboys and get to one and one going forward. So I like both the Super Bowl teams, the Rams and the Bengals, who both started 0-1 to uh, rebound and get their first win and uh, move on into this campaign at 500. Back to zero, if you will. Denver Broncos hosting the Houston Texans. You got 0-0-1 versus 0-1 uh, in, in Denver. It's the Russell Wilson's home debut 
uh, for the uh, Broncos, and this is a team that's got a lot to answer for uh, for what happened on Monday. Because, yes, they lost the game. They, uh, you know, their head coach made a rookie mistake in going for a 64-yard field goal in Seattle, despite the fact that no one has ever hit one longer than 54 in that stadium. I did not know that, but I, I heard it uh, I heard it in a podcast today. No one's hit a field goal in that stadium for more than 54 yards. And even though Brandon McManus had enough leg to get it, the odds on him making it were slim to none to begin with. And he had the leg. It was long enough, but just wide. And that's not even the real killer for the, for the Broncos. They fumbled the ball twice at the one-yard line. And on um, back-to-back drives as well. I mean, this is a game they should have easily put away. If they score one of those touchdowns, they win the game uh, on Monday night over the over the uh, over the Seahawks. So they should be one and zero. They are a very reluctant zero and one because they had their chances, they had their opportunities, they just kept pissing it away. Uh, against the Seahawks, it was very much like the Forty ers and the Ram- and the Bears, and the fact that even though the Forty ers were outplaying the Bears throughout most of that football game. They weren't delivering those killer blows. They let the Bears hang around, and the Bears were actually just eventually just took what what uh, took the opportunities the 49ers kept giving us, like when they started beating themselves up with penalties. Next thing you know, it's a Bears ball game, and there we go. You know, the, 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 the Broncos had the chance to dominate the second half. They lost the first half 17-13, uh, to 13, made pretty decent second-half adjustments because the, the – um, the Seahawks didn't score a point in the second half. And by all rights, the the Broncos should have had at least 17 points on the board. The field goals that they did score to make it 17-16 and the two touchdowns that they blew at the goal line uh, with those fumbles. I mean, all credit in the world goes to Seattle for making those plays, making the strips, knocking the ball loose and recovering it, more importantly, uh, and everything. But, you know, those are huge, huge mistakes you can't afford uh, especially on the road in a crazy place like uh, Seattle uh, as well. But uh, I think the Broncos will right that ship, and, and, and I like the Texans. I like Davis Mills. Obviously, I love Lovey Smith and uh, what he's bringing to the table uh, down there. But I think reality sets in, and Denver comes away with the win over the Texans this week. Uh, last Sunday afternoon game on the slate, we have the – uh, the Las Vegas Raiders hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, this game is just a beautiful mess uh, here. Uh, the Raiders uh, were pretty much beat up pretty bad uh, against the uh, Chargers on Sunday. Six sacks for Derek Carr. He also threw, I think, three interceptions, two, three interceptions uh, in the ball game. I think he also fumbled the ball from like a strip sack from Khalil Mack at one point. So four, at least four turnovers by my count is with what, what the Raiders did uh, on Sunday. Arizona's still shorthanded. Still no DeAndre Hopkins. TJ, or J.J. Watt, excuse me, still uh, banged up. Chandler Jones is on the Raiders, uh, so he's not with them anymore. And I'm not sure where Marcus Golden is yet in his uh, recovery um, from his injury, in the, in, I believe, in the weight room. So um, we'll have to wait and see uh, what it is there. But, you know, as long as the Cardinals are shorthanded and banged up, um, 
I'm going to take the Raiders uh, to uh, to get the win in their home opener uh, against the Cardinals uh, on Sunday. And then the final Sunday game, it's the one I'm looking forward to, and I know if uh, your Bear fans out there, it's the one we're looking forward to because we just want to answer the question. You know, we were we were thrilled to watch our team hang around and eventually overtake the 49ers and get that win in that in that crazy it it's a classic game that's what that one's going to go down in bear history just because of the of the moment and everything that happened in that game you know we we were down early this team you know was 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 dominating us we but we somehow kept ourselves in the game we kept fighting we kept you know scratching and clawing next thing you know we take a you know we score a touchdown on a crazy play Cup, you know, another drive later in the fourth quarter, we take the lead. Like, wait, what? We've taken the lead. We're ahead. Eddie Jackson makes the interception. We go in with the Khalil Herbert touchdown to go up by two scores uh, late in the game and hang on to get this win that nobody said we were going to get, including me. I picked the 49ers. So, um, but now this is it. This is the real test because we're on the road. It's at Green Bay. So we don't have the comforts at home like we did last Sunday. We're at Green Bay, and Green Bay is coming off of their second consecutive week one embarrassment where they were literally run off the field by their opponent. Last year, they lost 38-3 to to the Saints. This year, they lost 23-7 to on the road at Minnesota. I mean, and I don't even think the game was that close, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, you heard Evan Western and I talk yesterday. Uh, about the about the ball game and Aaron Rodgers did not play a good football game and this is what scares me more than anything as as good as I feel about the Bears that they're never give up never say die attitude might keep us in this ball game the fact that we were the more disciplined team not shooting ourselves in the foot while trying to beat a team that's better than us uh, and everything we're able to do all of those things it's different when it comes to Green Bay and unfortunately uh, I saw a stat today online that said uh, Green Bay is uh, 11-0 and after a, after a loss. So it's been a while since the Packers have lost two games in a row, let alone start a season 0-2. Um, I love the Bears' chances in this one. Just based on the way we saw this team fight last week, and I fully, fully, fully expect that even if we don't win, that there will be a hard-fought victory for the Packers in this. They won't just be able to roll over the Bears and kind of laugh their way through the fourth quarter, you know, as they pull away or as the Bears flail to make an effort and just end up making a fool of themselves uh, trying to come from behind uh, and everything. I think the vibe from this game is going to be different when it's all said and done. And going back to my uh, Chiefs-Chargers pick, Originally, I'd, I was picking the Chiefs just because in, this, in the Bears-Packers analogy, they're the Packers and the, the Chargers are the Bears. You know, they, they just can't seem to get over the hump with the Chiefs. And until the Chiefs start beating the Chargers, I got to stick with the Chiefs. And the, uh, the unfortunate uh, part of having watched the Chiefs uh, or excuse me, having watched the Chargers fall short against the Chiefs again, is that uh, I was like, I was, 
I was eerily taking the Packers before, but after seeing that, it's like, yeah, we're not ready yet. We're not ready yet to overtake this series. Um, I, 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 I want to pick them so bad, but this is a head over heart uh, thing. I got to take Green Bay. We got to go into Lambeau. We got to win uh, before I can start picking the Bears in this one confidently. You know, like I, I love our chances. I can't wait for this game on Sunday, and I will be over the moon on Sunday night after that game if I'm talking about how wrong I was and we fucking won again. I still got to pick Green Bay. I got to do it. It's 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 like all of the things are lining up against the Bears as far as like why history says this won't happen. Because of that hold, they don't lose two games in a row. Rodgers put an embarrassing game on film last week. The interception that he threw was a really stupid, really bad interception. Aaron Rodgers doesn't do that. He got strip sacked. Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn over the ball. And outside of that, he was off target on throws and all that kind of stuff. He just, you know... I, we we the Bears can get after him. They're still going to be missing, from my my estimation, three fifths of their starting offensive line. Uh, by the looks of it, unless Runyon clears concussion protocol, they're going to be without their starting tackles and possibly John Runyon, their starting uh, left guard. And this was the same offensive line they got banged up big time against the Vikings. So if the Bears can get after Rodgers, they can easily win this football game. We can shut them down. Absolutely. Because I love what Getzy and every Getzy and company did on offense last week. I think the elements played more into the slow start than than uh, you know than we probably know. Um, and I think that um, the Bears offensively will be more about hitting the ground running um, uh, on, against Green Bay on Sunday versus that slow, super conservative uh, you know attitude they took in the first half. Uh, of the game because it looked very naggy-ish as far as the the play calling uh, in the first half uh, last week. So I th- I think that if if the Bears can get off to a fast start, as you you know you like I was talking about yesterday in in the the preview to the game, get off to that fast start, get after and get to Rodgers. Maintain the discipline that we had against the 49ers. No frivolous, no stupid penalties that keep giving the Packers more chances. Uh, and everything. I love our chances in this game. I love our chances in this game. I absolutely do. <sighs> Still got to pick the Packers, though. <laughs> I hate myself. Uh, I hate myself as a Bear fan uh, and everything. That It just absolutely pains me to do it. But I got to. I got to take Green Bay. If we win the game, just like last week, like I thought the 49ers would win, I was thrilled over the moon to be wrong about it. Proudly wrong. But, uh, that's how I'm going to have to be this coming Sunday as well. Like I'm just, I'm just going to have to be proud about how wrong I was if uh, if we pull this off. But right now I got to go with Green Bay. I don't want to be right, but uh, I think I will be. Sadly. Anyway, we're moving on to our Monday doubleheader. Two really good matchups here. Uh, the first one being uh, Buffalo hosting the Tennessee Titans. Uh, in the early game, and they got them staggered. They're going to be going on at the same time here. That's what's weird uh, about it. you got Buffalo and Tennessee starting at uh, six fifteen Central time. It's showing me my time zone on my computer here. So six fifteen, and then an hour and fifteen minutes later at seven thirty Central, uh, the Dolph the Dolphins, the Philadelphia Eagles, 
are hosting the Minnesota Vikings. And we'll talk about that matchup here uh, in a second. But, you know, we're still probably going to be in the first half of the first game when Minnesota and Philly are kicking off. So that's going to be a pain in the ass to try to keep track of trying to watch those two games at the same time. But um, anyway, Tennessee at Buffalo. Tennessee should be 1-0. They should have beaten the uh, New York Giants uh, on Sunday. Uh, they hook that uh, field goal at the end to come up short uh, against the uh, underdog Giants, and the Bills are coming off probably one of the most impressive wins in the history of their franchise, uh, having gone into Los Angeles uh, in the Super Bowl celebration game for the defending world champion Rams and then running them off the field like it was their house. Uh, it was impressive. From everything Josh Allen did, he got the angry runs trophy from Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football for that stiff arm where he shoved the defensive back into the stands uh, kind of thing. And, um, you know, it, it's uh, probably an easier pick than I'm making it out to be. It's just that, you know, Tennessee should have won the football game, so they're going to carry that animosity into this one. I still believe Buffalo's the better team. I don't think Buffalo's going to win 31-10 to 10 the same way they did uh, against the Rams. I think this was more of a come-down-to-earth uh, type game because Tennessee's a very tough, very defensive-minded team, especially with the fact they run the football with, uh, with Derrick Henry uh, and everything. So if the Bills on defense can bottle that up and uh, put the ball in Ryan Tannehill's hands, they'll be in great shape uh, to repeat uh, their Week 1 uh, dominance uh, from the Rams. But... Um, I think it'll be a little bit closer to that. Something in the, you know, 24 to 20 range uh, for the Bills. I still expect them to ball out and do their thing uh, and come away with the win. But I think this was more of a, we're, we're coming back down to earth. Tennessee's a good football team, um, but I still like the Bills to win. They're, they're the better team. I, I like the Bills to go to the Super Bowl this year. So uh, I really, really do. So we'll, we'll take the Bills there. And then finally, Philly and Minnesota. This was another one I had to toil over because, um, you know, Philly's at home. Minnesota's got a bad history in Philly. Uh, most recently, the uh, NFC Championship game in, ten- in in Philly in 2017 where Minnesota took a 7 nothing lead and then got rolled 34 to nothing the rest of the way out for Philly to go to the Super Bowl, um, which is something that, They've been reminded of many times I've seen on social media this week. So uh, very, very interesting matchup uh, there. But um, what's what's making me shaky on the Eagles is having those big leads against the Lions uh, on Sunday. And they never lost the lead in those ball games because after going down 7 nothing, they 21 uh, points they routed off, including a pick six to make it twenty-one to seven. Uh, they went up big again, thirty-eight to I believe twenty-one. Uh, at some point, it may have actually even been more than that before the before the Lions made their late run uh, at the end. So I don't know if they were just getting lackadaisical uh, with everything, and that's why the uh, the Lions were able to creep back into it uh, at the end. But with the big playability of guys like Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and especially Justin Jefferson, if they you know fall off the wagon uh, again and start uh, you know giving up the big plays like they did to Detroit to let them creep back into this, this is a this is a situation that can get away from them right quick. That being said, 
I'm taking Philly. <laughs> I've, uh, I fully, uh, you know, believe that the the Minnesota Vikings could come in here and break the scoreboard uh, on Philadelphia, especially with the way that they they, you know, took it in big plays from the um, from the uh, Packers uh, on Sunday. But they also only managed six points in the second half against. In fact, matter of fact, they lost the second half seven to six. So uh, Green Bay made the adjustments defensively to bottle them up, and I think maybe Philly is going to take advantage of that. Uh, you know, watching that in in the uh, film room uh, this week to to see what it was that Green Bay did in the second half that was so effective to you know take what was an explosive offense that scored seventeen points in the first half and only allowed two field goals uh, in the second half. So I think that may be enough. Um, I liked what the what the Eagles did, especially in the run game. They had four rushing touchdowns, including one, one or two from Jalen Hurts uh, in that game, and uh, that's where where Green Bay struggled last week. Actually, Green Bay ran the ball very well. What am I saying? Dylan and uh, Jones ran for 160 yards combined between the two of them. So the running game, the you know the defensive adjustments, I think Philly uh, can make. I'll take the Eagles to uh, beat the. Uh, Vikings on Sunday so there you have it we took a loss on the uh, Chargers when I wanted to pick the Chiefs but I let my heart overtake my head give me the Browns the Commanders the Buccaneers the the Panthers the Steelers the Colts that's my upset special Miami over the Ravens the Rams over the Falcons 49ers Bengals Broncos Raiders, Packers, Bills, and Eagles for my picks this week. I went 9-6-1 last week. We'll see how I do uh, when we reconvene on Tuesday. After the Monday night games wrap up, I will break everything down. Who did what? How did I do? Should you still be listening to me and my analysis and my quote-unquote expertise uh, and, and everything, or am I just another idiot with a podcast? Come back on Tuesday and find out. And, uh, of course, come back on Monday, of course, to uh, recap Bears-Packers on on Sunday night. Will I be proudly wrong that I picked against my Bears again? Uh, Or will I be, you know, yeah, I thought the Packers would win, and they did. So come back on Monday and find out. Until then, my name is Larry D., and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois.